What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the It's Game Time podcast. My name is Jay, and with me, as always, to tell you about the next part of this What If series, Eric. Eric, how you doing today? Jet, it's great being on here with you another time. It will have been a week for everybody else, but for us, it is the very next day, which then we're going to record the third and final part of this what-if scenario later on, give a little break in between so we don't get too burnt out. But yeah, Jet, I am doing, doing great. I'm very excited to see who you have as your top eight teams coming out of the Eastern Conference and what your Eastern Conference playoff bracket will look like and who's going to be making it to the NBA Finals. For me, I have my own top eight teams. I didn't we for the podcast we go off of Jets predictions of uh of playoff brackets and stuff like honored, that. Honored, honored. Yeah, of course, you look more into the analytical side of it and have a better understanding of a deeper understanding of each and every team. So that's why we use the JDR metric, as Jet likes to call it. So, Jet, what was your main approach when you were drafting teams, your, your odd number teams? and more specifically looking at the Eastern Conference teams. Yeah, and I mean, if, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know that you know, the differences between Eric and I, I tend to take more of an analytical approach to these types of things. Eric, Eric goes for the feel. I, I just yeah. don't got that feel <laughs> like Eric does. But for the draft and for my projections for who I think would be the top eight teams and, and top teams overall in the East, um, basically what I did is I just took all the points that were calculated uh, based on what I talked about in the last episode, how we got our big board uh, with all the variety of stats that came into play. Um, and then I added up each of the players in our new teams and then just ranked them from first to worst. Um, and the JDR metrics spit out the top 15 teams in the Eastern Conference. And I, I got to be honest, I am very pleased with how it came out. Yeah, I just I, I look at some numbers. I don't do the I don't do the in-depth dive as jet will do it and his use of the jdr metric again patent pending but i would uh (laughs) i i like names stick out to me and 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 i i go by name basis right here and how how you're playing in the moment how how your game feels in the moment it's it's very different approaches right now and for this episode again we'll just go no one really cares about the middle tier teams as much. We care about the top end talents and then also the bottom of the barrel teams that are looking for the next NBA redraft to come along again in, in the next 10 years. So to start off, Jet, yeah. I would like to know what is your lowest team? What is your least talented team? Which team do you think will have the worst record in the Eastern Conference? Yeah, so when I when I ran all the numbers, the team that came out in 15th place in the Eastern Conference is the Boston Celtics. Wow. Who had the 26th pick in the redraft, started off with Jalen Brunson, uh, filled out the rest of the team, Walker Kessler, Clay Thompson, Kelly Oubre, Cam Reddish, P.J. Tucker, 
Um, I think for me, besides, you know, not looking at the numbers, I just think for me, um, and, and we talked about this on the last episode, Jalen Brunson's ability to lead a team. I just think that, um, and Clay Thompson's obviously there, but I think as far as one-two punches go, the Celtics are lacking a little bit when you look at some of the other teams up and down the Eastern Conference. Okay, wow. that They were actually kind of high up for me. Um, because I do like their, I do like Jalen Brunson and Clay Thompson as the backcourt. You are lacking in the forwards department, but um, soon to come out, soon to find out, people, there were not a lot of four great forwards in that <laughs> department. So there's a lot of teams lacking there. But for me, I would have to say the Milwaukee Bucks came in last place for me with have with it being Drew Holiday, Quentin Grimes. Kendall Johnson, Larry Nance Jr., and Bam Adebayo with Herb Jones coming off the bench. Maybe Herb Jones starting. I, I will say the backcourt of Drew Holiday and Quentin Grimes, that is a great defensive backcourt right there. But there is almost no names at the forward position. And then you have your big name of Bam Adebayo at the center position. And I feel like in nowadays NBA – you can't get that far with a big name being at at center. Obviously, you, there is Nicole Jokic and Joel Embiid, but those players and those teams have not won anything yet. So, and and especially, I mean, with the Nuggets, Jokic does have Jamal Murray, and I don't think that there's another player on that on the Bucks roster of the equivalent of Jamal Murray and same could be said with James Harden and Joel Embiid the I mean the number two is Drew Holiday but I still don't think I think he's more of a three a number three rather than a number two yeah it's definitely a defensive first team I yes, think um very much you know, so yeah like you mentioned the backcourt with Holiday and Grimes and then Bam and Larry Nance like in the, in the front court there um pretty much defensive there's like there's gonna be hard to score a lot of points with this team so I, I totally get that um yeah I, I I don't have any problem with, with I, I have the Bucks. just a spoiler <laughs> I don't have them making the playoffs okay so. okay and I mean there is a thing to note though is even though they're at the bottom end of my Eastern Conference, they didn't <laughs> Jet had them not spending a lot of money, having the third most remaining sa- uh, uh, salary. Uh, what is it called? Um, salary uh, salary cap remaining. That's yeah, salary cap remaining with fifty two point three million dollars left. Only the Suns and the. Well, no, actually, they're they're in second place. I thought the Portland Trailblazers had more had a little bit more remaining, but no, they the Bucks come in second place, second overall in uh, salary cap saved. They do have a lot of young young players on their young and inexpensive players. Only Bam and Drew Holiday are making double digit a double have a double digit salary attached to their name. <laughs> I mean, I think I think there's a a slightly better future outlook, especially with Kelvin Johnson, who is one of the the rising stars currently on the the San Antonio Spurs. I think Bucks would most likely be picking high up in in the next uh, rookie draft, um, so that they would get their opportunity to add to that that group. And I think they they would have a slightly better outlook going forward. Yeah, very much so. Now, Jet, before we get to the top, who the top eight? Sorry, who is the team? 
that just missed the playoffs. I, I am wondering that. Yeah, so the team that just missed the playoffs. The top the eight, sh- we're going like the old school NBA playoffs instead of the play-in. We're just going to – who would miss? Yeah, this one, this, one was, this one was a little surprising to me um, based on how, how everything turned out. The Chicago Bulls are missing out on the playoffs. Wow. This is, this is a very good team. Anthony Edwards, DeAndre Ayton, OJ Ananubi, that's a, that's a great big three per se. Um, I, I think what happens with this team – um, I guess sort of what what really knocked them is probably their their last two players, Bojan Bogdanovic and Tim Hardaway Jr. Those are those are solid role players. Um, I guess when you're comparing the the top eight teams in the league, one maybe just the depth on this team just doesn't stack up with some of the other teams. And then I guess having Anthony Edwards compared to, and I got Anthony Edwards is a fantastic player, up and coming guy, but compared to. When you look at the the top four names picked, I mean, these are guys that have been doing it for several years. Uh, so I think it kind of contributed to the Bulls just missing out on the playoffs. Okay, wow. Well, I do have them making the playoffs. I do like their team. But I don't want to give away too many spoilers. So for me, the team I'll say all the teams that I have missing the playoffs overall. And you, everyone, even though we're not covering these teams starting lineup in six-mans, they will be posted on our Instagram at one point covering each starting lineup for each team in this redraft. And the Instagram is it's game time underscore podcast. But the teams that I have missing are obviously the Bucks. Then I have the Cavs, the Heat, the 76ers, the Pacers, the Wizards, and then the Celtics just missing out. Okay, I mean, I, most of those teams match really mine. It's just there's a there's a few that are different. Um, one one that's one that's pretty high up that you didn't have in there, and and, and no, I th- I think it I think that's more comes down to the feel thing because I totally get why you, why you don't have that one team, <laughs> but I'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but would you like me to start? Yes, you absolutely. Want me to go from eight to one, and of course, you know, feel feel free to comment whenever you want. Um, number eight, the Brooklyn Nets. With a lineup consisting of Zion Williamson, Jamal Murray, R.J. Barrett, Nikola Vucevic, Rui Hachimura, and John Wall, this is this team is, in my opinion, a little bit more bust just just because some of the injury concerns with Zion, John Wall have have not been able to stay healthy. Jamal Murray has had his injury issues in years past, um, and then there's. Like I get Zion's young, but after that, RJ Barrett is is the probably the, the the other young player on this team. Not a lot of, in my opinion, few, things to look forward to in the future. This is a team that can potentially put someone, I think, on upset alert in the first round, just because if Zion's healthy, we know how good he can be. Uh, so I'll slot the Brooklyn Nets at number eight. What do you think? I have them at number eight for myself too. Going off the okay. of field, this feels like a Brooklyn Nets team. Big bodies, just bruisers down in the paint because R.J. Barrett's more of a drive to the basket. Hachimura, Hachimura, Zion, Vucevic, John Wall, who I had coming off the bench for them. And then, I mean, they they really do only have one shooter, though, in Jamal Murray. But, I mean, that's a, that's a big lineup. That's not height-wise. That's, like, body index-wise. That is a big lineup. And underneath there, you did talk about Boomer Bus. I have them as like a potential upset slash underdog team. I really like it. I think that if they are right and they are going, 
I could see them beating one of the top four teams in this make-believe playoff scenario. So I do have to agree with you that the Brooklyn Nets come in at number eight for for myself as well. Glad we're in agreement now uh, because I don't know how much longer uh, it'll (laughs) last. But number seven for me is going to be the Detroit Pistons with a lineup of Nikola Nikola Jokic, Franz Wagner, Jalen Green, Andrew Wiggins, Gary Trent Jr., and Kyle Lowry. Obviously, the story with this Pistons team is Nikola Jokic. I think having him on their team alone is enough for, for them to crack the playoffs. I think after that, um, there's there's some young guys. Jalen Green is one of those guys that I think could take this team to the next level if he continues to progress with his play. Um, Andrew Wiggins and Franz Wagner in the front court. I think that's a a solid uh, group of group of players to have there. And then um, Gary Trent and Kyle Lowry. I, I I have my issues with Kyle Lowry. <laughs> I'm not going to get into those on this show, but you know those are those are solid. It's a solid guy to have coming off the bench to potentially come in like a veteran type guy to come off the bench for someone like Jalen Green if he struggles. It's a very good team. It's a it's a playoff team, and I think a lot of it has to do with Nikola Jokic. Wow, I for me I have them I have them higher up in my playoffs. I'll say I think Nikola Jokic is a great number one. I think he is a point center for you. For any team, um, I did have. Well, that's a difficult thing, right there. I mean, you have Gary Trent, and I think he would be a fantastic six man. And but if you have Nicole Jokic, you pretty much have your point guard right there. So it could. Yeah. So it you don't need to start Kyle Lowry. You can just put Gary Trent on the floor and have Kyle Lowry come off come off the bench. So that I'm and just have two shooting guards in Jalen Green and Gary Trent, who are more shooters than Kyle Lowry, and then Wiggins and Franz Wagner, who is uh, – how big is Fran- – can you look up how big is Franz Wagner? Yeah, let me – Is he – he, he's qualified as a small forward for us, but is he big enough to play a power forward? He's 6'10". He so is- he is – he's pretty much a big small forward or pretty much a regular size power forward. So I think the best – the death lineup, if you want to say, the Empire lineup, is Jokic at center, but he's handling point, essentially. He's probably not bringing the ball up the court, but every all, the offense goes through him. Then you have Gary Trent at the two, Jalen Green at the three, Andrew... Wait, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, let's... I mean, it's so hard to, to come up with a lineup because it's positionless. Yeah. But, I mean, I think it would have to be with... This, yeah, Gary Trent, Jalen Green, Andrew Wiggins, Franz Wagner, and Nicole uh, Jokic as the starting five, and I think that 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 is Andrew Wiggins revitalized his career in Golden State, and I think he has shown that he is a capable two for the time mm-hmm. being. But obviously, you're very hopeful that Jalen Green can take over that role as the number two. And it is a younger – you do have some younger talent with Jalen Green and Franz Wagner. And then, I mean, Jokic, I believe, is only 28 years old at this moment. Andrew Wiggins is relatively young. Gary Trent's up there in age, but you're not really relying on him too much. And then Kyle Lowry is the veteran coming off the bench. I know you have your issues with him, so. Yeah, I, I think for this team – and I'll, I'll get into my, my future power rankings or for yes. this Eastern Conference. I think they have a, a great future outlook, especially, like I said, if Jalen Green emerges 
Um, I just think that their ceiling is a little bit lower than some of the other teams in the Eastern Conference. When you look at some of the other tandems that we'll get into in a little bit, I just think they're they're lacking a little bit in that regard. And and I think that's a good transition into my number six team because I think I think this duo is is better than the Pistons duo. The Toronto Raptors of Kevin Durant and Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, coming in at the number six team in the Eastern Conference, the rest of the team, Robert Williams, Terry Rozier, Kyle Anderson, and Devontae Graham. I think for, for this team, Kevin Durant is obviously the storyline went healthy. Um, he's as good as anyone in the NBA. And then you kind of get more of an emphasis on defense and a guy that can shoot as well. And Spencer Dinwiddie um, probably going to be playing more of that point guard position. And then another defensive minded uh, player Robert Williams is a guy that gives gives a hundred percent every every night on the court and it's it's visible every every play every possession uh, Robert Williams is somehow involved uh, Terry Rozier Kyle Anderson Devontae Graham these are all solid role players to have that I think complete um, a very solid Toronto Raptors team coming in at six for me personally I have them again higher in my team rankings because there is this it's always been said, you just need one super superstar to be a contender in the NBA. And they have that superstar in Kevin Durant. And then they have amazing role-playing pieces like Terry Rozier who can win you a basketball game if, like, say, KD takes the night off. Terry Rozier, Spencer Dinwiddie, and let's say Devontae Graham, uh, Graham they can win you a game, maybe not a playoff game, but they can win you regular season games. Terry Rogier, he gets the nickname Scary Terry for a reason. He can be scary at times. And him as the shooting guard and almost essentially as your number three, I think is very valuable. Kyle Anderson, I think they call him slow-mo because of how slow he shoots the ball, but it throws off the timing of all the other defenders because he'll he'll do a very slow mo euro if you've ever mm-hmm. seen euro step not you a very slow mo euro step right. that just throws off the defense and again you said Robert Williams he is the guy in the paint that you don't have to worry he will you don't have he's not caring about getting points he's about rebounds and blocks and about setting picks for Spencer Dinwiddie be, since. It's. I think this is a really underrated lineup. I think that the chemistry, again, I'm all about the feeling of the team, Jet. Mm-hmm, I think the chemistry would be very well. KD has a lot, a lot of shooters around him. So I, I'm very high on the Raptors. I, I get it. I, I totally do. Um, for me, as we move on into number five, I have the Cleveland Cavaliers, who have a team consisting of DeMontis Sabonis, Jimmy Butler, Anthony Simons, DeAnthony Melton, Tari Eason, and Mike Conley. Again, for this team, it, it, I, I look first at the the top two guys on this team, DeMontis Sabonis, Jimmy Butler. That's, I think, a great two, one-two punch. Uh, both of those guys excel, obviously, offensively, but can also help out defensively, too. And then... You know, another a story for this team is defense. This team is pretty defensive minded, but the difference they can also score when needed. Uh, we we know that with Jimmy Butler being able to to score whenever he needs to, and then Anthony Simons, D'Anthony Melton, Tari Eason. These are these are young guys that I believe are are rising in the game. Tari Eason, uh, rookie this year, 
he doesn't really like the box score per se, but he does a lot in terms of um, I think he's up there in NBA and in, in steals per game. He's a he's a big rebounder. And then Mike Conley coming off the bench, a guy that a much needed veteran presence that can easily be a factor in playoff type atmospheres. And I, I think he saw enough in the tank to contribute to this team. Now, is this a team that you said like I was based on? Is this the team that you thought that I was like low on? Not when I went since I don't look into into the, the deep next team. Analyst. It's the next team. It's the, it's next, the, it's team. the next team. But I guess this one too. Then yeah, I mean, I had this team as what for me the uh, second lowest. In okay. the Eastern Conference. Yeah. I I can see what you're saying. You're kind of selling me a little bit on these Cavaliers. I just... I, I would... Uh, I just don't know, man. I just... I'm not sure about them. Okay. I, need to, I need to see them play together, man. That's all that we'll is We'll have about. to see. We'll have to see if we exactly. can get a game on for them. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Make them the Team USA team so we can see them all play together. Then I'll come back to... Uh, come back to you on that's that. That's the thing. It's so hard because especially if you're going off of vibe and feel, like we never see these guys play. Um, like the names can really tell a story, but when they're really on the court, which we've seen so many times in the NBA, that's just a totally different. That is very um, true. You know, yeah. it's yeah. But um, Cavs are number five for me. Moving on to number four, the Washington Wizards, a team that has. Joel Embiid, Kyrie Irving, Benedict Mathurin, Jaden McDaniels, Malik Monk, and Kevin Love. And I get it. Joel Embiid, Kyrie Irving, probably going to clash, but I don't care. They're they're two of the most talented players in the NBA. And when I I look at some of the duos in this um, scenario here, I think they're up there with with some of the top teams in terms of duos alone. And I think that alone um, is a good enough combination to be able to propel this team deep into the playoffs and then past that they have two young guys and Benedict Mathurin and Jaden McDaniels who are two guys that are just starting in their careers but they're really really solid contributors on both of the teams uh Mathurin with the uh, Pacers and Jaden McDaniels with the Timberwolves and then Malik Monk um this is a guy that has kind of resurrected his career um he was a high draft pick but he could not really get things going early on and has kind of found this found the home um and then Kevin Love coming off the bench. I think a lot of the story, what we see with guy with our six men on all these teams, these are these are veteran guys that just add an add another level to to help out some of these young guys that are uh, cemented within some of these starting lineups. I I think if I was just doing this by hand, I would still have this team in this playoffs. I just really like the deal of Joel Embiid, Kyrie Irving, aside from the the beef that they may have. That's the problem right there, Jed. It's the beef. I could absolutely see this team just these two players having a little bit of a rift between each other, and that's not what I want on my teams. I I want good team chemistry. Pass, go with the extra pass. I want that San Antonio, San Antonio Spurs nineteen ninety late nineteen nineties early two thousand teams of just the extra pass. And that's what I feel like those two players are not about, man. They want you can't the... deny the talent, though, that both of them yeah, have. Yeah, they got talent, but what does it mean without chemistry? Come on, it's a team sport. I just, I don't know. And But the thing, another thing for me is that they these you talk about these two young guys, but I just don't think they're, I, I don't know what they look like for your, I guess, dynasty rankings, let's call them for now, but... I don't know how how much they could help in the now. They are still young at, at this time. And Kevin Love, I do like I like me some love, but um <laughs> but uh 
I mean, what is he? I I don't hear anything about what he's doing with the Heat right now, man. That's the thing. Like he's he's sometimes the guy that leads the Heat in three point shooting, and that's not saying a lot considering where we're dead last. But sometimes he's the guy that's able to get things going offensively. Okay. He still can contribute, even like that's the thing. All these six men are guys that are late in their career anyway. Um, I just think that if someone like Benedict Mathurin or Jaden McDaniels, who are young guys, I think first or second year players, if they struggle, I think. Adding Kevin Love, who also has experience playing with Kyrie Irving True. back in Cleveland. I mean, that that's experience right there. And I think, I mean, Joel, and, and I get this is not the same example, but Joel Embiid and James Harden have figured things out. And we, we know James Harden. James is, Harden is, left is, Kyrie. <laughs> I know, but but James Harden isn't isn't a guy that you would necessarily say will 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 be someone that you can easily match your chemistry with right away. I think that's something that Joel Embiid and him have had to work with. Um it's tough. They would definitely clash, but I think in the end, um, in the nation's capital, they would get the job done. <laughs> in the nation's capital. Not to, I'm not saying – I'm not obviously revealing where they'll have them going as far as playoffs go, but I think they're definitely a top-four team in the oh, East. Oh, man. Dude, so looking at my, my – we're, we're at number, what, four now for you? Yeah. All right. Yeah, you've – there's three teams. Like my seven through five I'm waiting to be called on right now and if not we'll go back and um i'll tell you no but i I think i think these top three teams are are pretty they should be consensus i i I don't know you have in your top three but i think these top three teams in the east are pretty much the teams to beat in my opinion well i'll say for my number four that's where i had my had the detroit pistons at since we already covered them that's where i had them is at number four who do you have at number three Number three, I have the Charlotte Hornets, okay. which consists of Jason Tatum, Cade Cunningham, Miles Turner, Sadiq Bey, Derek White, and Kemba Walker. I, I really, really like this team, and I think it starts at the top with Jason Tatum. I know there's some concerns about does he have what it takes to take a team all the way to the finish line, but I think when you pair him um, when, when you pair him with a, a guy that yeah, he hasn't played that much, but when I mean, this guy's a former number one overall pick, Cade Cunningham, uh, right now with the Detroit Pistons, he's 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 a rising star when healthy. He is as good as any of the young players we have in today's game. And then I really like the the rest of the backcourt or the front court. Miles Turner, Sadiq Bay. Uh, Miles Turner is a guy that not only can protect the paint defensively, he can he can score. He's he's as good of a, a scoring big man as we have in the NBA. And then Sadiq Bey is a guy that I, to be honest, I, I didn't know much about him before yeah. we did this draft. But as I've um, done more research on him, this is a guy that's currently with the Atlanta Hawks and was drafted three years ago. And is a guy that is continuing to elevate his play. And I think him, a guy that I think is more of a three and D type guy, but can contribute in, in multiple facets of the game is a great combination. And then Derek White. Um, we know what he's capable of doing defensively and can score too. Kemba Walker, the reunion in Charlotte, coming <laughs> off the bench. Um, again, it's another scenario, and this is obviously a team that I built. Coming in for Cade Cunningham in, in playoff-type scenarios but where he has experience, he may not be the same player he was. Um, I just think it's a, it's a solid team. Are you sure uh, Kemba's going to show up and actually be on that bench, man? It's like a case of where's, where's Waldo for him. Instead, it's like... <laughs> Where's Walker? Because <laughs> like I haven't seen him at all since he's been on the Knicks. I, I don't know where. I, what team is he even with right now? You know, that's a good question. <laughs> I, I, I got. I got to be honest. I, I don't know. I uh, was with the Dallas Mavericks. So averaging a solid eight points per game. <laughs> I think just, like, you'd see a little bit of a resurgence <laughs> if he got back to Charlotte. Yeah, maybe. 
My okay. Other than that, my big question is who's taking the shot? Because I don't trust Tatum to take the shot. I really don't. Kate Cunningham's way too young. Derek, yeah. I mean uh, Derek White, sorry, and Bay. And you're yeah. not having Turner take the shot either. No. So that's no, that, that's a good point. That's my that's a good that, point. I, when we're talking about playoffs, that's the thing. Is like who's taking the shot? Because yeah. I I'm not saying I think Kate Cunningham could eventually take the shot, but he's too young now. You can't yeah. ask him to do that. And you can't ask role players to do that shot or your center to take that shot. So it comes down to Tatum, and I just don't trust it at all. There's no, there's nothing I would say clutch about about the Hornets, and that's why for me they come in at number seven. Um, I do like their future, very bright future. They're a young, up and coming team. Uh, that is why I also had them as my top eight teams, and I could. Depending on how your dynasty rankings go, I could see them in the upper echelons of a great futures team. But right now, that's my main thing is who is taking the shot for the Hornets when they're facing up against what would be the number two seed in the Eastern Conference, whoever that may be. No, that's a fair point. For me, it would be number two seed. Yeah. I don't really trust Jason Tatum to take that final shot too, but I think you're going to have to give it to him, and I think that's something that could restrict them from uh, moving on farther in the playoffs. We'll see how far they move on. Um, number two for me, the Orlando Magic, a team that consists of John Morant, LeBron James, Brooke Lopez, Colin Sexton, Harrison Barnes, James Ooh. Wiseman. This is a great team that Eric put together. Um you know, you want to talk about feel. I guess you weren't feeling the off-the-court issues with uh, with John Morant there. I got LeBron to take care of it, man. That's, the, that's sure. That's that's a good point. I mean, you want to talk about duos, John Morant, LeBron James. I mean, we're talking about this year. And LeBron James went healthy. I mean, he's one of, still one of the best players in the NBA. Um, that's a solid duo. And then to back that up with Brooke Lopez, who provides a lot, both as a shooter behind the arc and then defensively as well. I uh, can't hurt having a big man down low. And then Colin Sexton, Har- Harrison Barnes, James Wiseman rounding out this group. Um, just a solid group of role players. I think you could s- potentially see if you get even more out of James Wiseman. This could be the type of thing where future looking at looking ahead, James Wiseman could be in Brooke Lopez's role and kind of elevate this team going forward. Orlando Magic have a very solid team and they saw him as number two for me. For me, they're number one. They're my top ending contender team. I love this team, I think John Morant, you get him out of Memphis, you stick him with LeBron. LeBron will set him straight, set him on the right path. I really love Colin Sexton as well. He um he is an all-star level shooting guard when he is when he was with Cleveland. Harrison Barnes, everyone forgets how good Harrison Barnes was since he left the Golden State Warriors and went to Sacramento Kings. He's still a very good quality role player, and he's their number four option yeah in all honesty and that's a great number four option obviously don't have to talk much about lebron brooke lopez a great three and d as a center too that's what lebron needs he needs shooters and he has that with brooke lopez he's not brooke lopez isn't clogging the plate um clogging the paint (laughs) uh he has colin sexton uh, gr- a very good shooting guard. Harrison Barnes can shoot it. John Morant, he's gotten better at shooting, but he's not really going to clog the <laughs> paint. Paint, <laughs> not plaint. Paint. And then you have James Wiseman coming off the off the bench as the sixth man. And as you, to reiterate what you said, if 
he were to grow. He's behind a good amount of veterans that are big men as well. So these veterans like LeBron, like Brooke, especially Brooke Lopez, can teach him how to act in the role of a center or a power forward. What are the right things to do? What are the wrong, the wrong things to avoid? And how to approach certain parts of the game. So I, I love this team. Obviously, if LeBron were to retire, this takes this team takes a massive hit. But yeah, I you can't even you can't say that they would be become immediately one of the worst teams in the league either if LeBron retires. I don't think so. You still have John Morant as like your star player that can hold that mantle. No, but the thing is, like Brooke Lopez is up there in age. Harrison yes. Barnes is up there in age. I mean, it's when you're looking towards the future. Like they have it. Like if if John Morant and James Wiseman can be that that duo like going forward like that this team would be fine but there are obviously some questions yeah it it a lot the future really depends on James Wiseman I would say and putting him as the sixth man behind two veteran established a hall of famer big man in LeBron James I I think that'll do wonders for his career all right number one Eric's New York Knicks. Let's go. Team that oh. consists of Giannis on the con- I'm not doing it again. Tyrese Maxey, <laughs> uh, CJ McCollum, Jonas Valanciunas, Josh Hart, Al Horford, in my opinion, not only the most talented team, but the deepest team, not only in the Eastern Conference, but I think overall, I think when you go from, from one to six on this team, these are all guys that can contribute in different ways. Um, we don't really have to talk about Giannis. We know what he's capable of doing. Tyrese Maxey, um, and CJ Collum, I think alone like that, that, that big three um, with the capabilities of not only to play defense, but to score as well. I mean, enough can't be said about that. And then Jonas Valanciunas anchoring the plaint. Um, I mean, <laughs> enough can't be said about what he, what he can do with providing rebounding defense as well. And then Josh Hart, Al Horford, uh, both solid role players can, can score when needed and also can add a lot on the defensive end. Um, I just think this is a, a a team that was you know constructed very well. Thank you. <laughs> what do you think? I really like this team. I do now that I've just made my mind up. I do have them as the number two team. Um, yeah. I it's very close though, man. It is so close between them and the Magic. It really comes down to like if you look position by position. For me, if Morant or Maxi, I'm taking Jaw. Uh, McCollum or Sexton. Long term, I kind of like Sexton, but in the now, I like McCollum. Yeah. Um, Hart or Barnes, I would take Hart probably um, with what he's doing with the Knicks at the moment. LeBron or Giannis, you kind of have to lean Giannis, but man, it's hard to not take LeBron as well, so it's almost like a chalk right there. Mm-hmm. Valentinus Lopez, personally, I like Lopez more. Um, and then Wiseman or Horford in the now you take Horford because he's more established, but long-term, I think you would take Wiseman. I mean, Horford's really up there in age and I don't know how long he'll be playing for. So it, if it were to come down to in your brackets, the magic and the Knicks facing off, I, I mean, it's a, it's a almost a 50, 50 split for me, but I do really love the Magic and what they have, but I also really love the Knicks as well, and I'm so happy my Knicks could possibly 
uh, contend for a title. Hey, this is the place where you're able to dream. Exactly. I mean, in real life, it's not necessarily the case. This this is where this is where you can live in this fantasy. Um, do you want me to uh, give you my my ranking, my long term rankings, or do you well, want me to get run right through the bracket? Let me say what the remaining teams that were missing from mine. So go for ahead, uh, for number eight were the Nets. For number seven were my for the Hornets. At number six, I had the Bulls. Okay. I really like the Bulls. I think they have a good young core. You talked about that. Uh, I no no. I, you talked about that a little bit earlier. You did. Yeah, I, I think for, like honestly, if I'm looking at this, I would have probably included them. I think they have a really solid team, and they they they, they saw it in a nine for me, so just missed okay. it. But yes, yeah, that's when that's when you mentioned them. At number five, I had the Hawks. Okay. A little surprising, I know, but I mean they have a good younger core with Suggs, yeah. Giddy. Uh, Middleton, when, dude, when Middleton's healthy, he's the one that I know will take the shot and can make it. It's almost like when there's a minute left in the fourth quarter, he turns into prime Kobe, it seems like. Uh, and then you have Carl Anthony Towns. He's your all, he's your mainstay. Uh, how do you pronounce the, his last name? Oku. Onyeko Konkwu. Konk? I can say that. I can't say honest. (laughs) You have him at center. He's uh, he's a younger guy too. It's a good young team. True. I think if this team were to um, get hot, I would really like them. Number four, the Pistons. Number three, the Raptors. Number two, the Knicks, and number one, the Magic. And okay, so we have some similarities in exactly, a way. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Now let's let's hear what your um, dynasty rankings. Are. Okay. I'm just going to list them off since we kind of went into each team. So, number one, I have the Charlotte Hornets. Number two, I have the Washington Wizards. Number three, I have the Indiana Pacers. Number four, I have the Detroit Pistons. Number five, I have the Chicago Bulls. Number six, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Number seven, the Atlanta Hawks. Number eight, the Miami Heat. Number nine, the Milwaukee Bucks. Number 10, the New York Knicks. Number 11, the Brooklyn Nets. Number 12, the Orlando Magic. Number 13, the Philadelphia 76ers. Number 14, the Toronto Raptors. And number 15, actually coming in number 15 in both rankings, the Boston Celtics. Wow. So I mean, if you're a Celtics and or like a, I would say Sixers fan, yeah, you got nothing much to be hopeful. For. No, any anything you disagree there with that list? Not, not, I mean, maybe the Celtics for me, since I had them just missing out on the playoffs this year, and you had them fifteenth okay. in both of your rankings. But uh, uh, yeah, a team that's almost forgettable is the Seventy Sixers. Can you read off their uh, their lineup for everybody? Yeah, Desmond Bain, Bradley Beal, Mitchell Robinson, Kyle Kuzma, Jake Jay Crowder, and Dario Saric. I think for me, it's just the fact that Desmond Bain is, and I guess you could argue Bradley Beal's like the star of that team. Yeah. But either way, I think they're lacking like an, an alpha guy on this team. Very and then true. when he when he moved down the roster, just the last several guys are getting up there in age as well. Yeah, Kuzma, Crowder, Sark, Sark. Yeah. Uh, it's. It's non-desirable, I'll say. Yeah, they do have a good backcourt. They do have a quality center in Mitchell Robinson, but 
those remaining three positions with the forward position as as it has been reiterated uh, is lackluster to say the least. Yeah, and I'll, I'll mention the the team that made the biggest jump between the 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 rankings for this year compared to uh, what we'll see in in down the road, the Indiana Pacers, which yes. have a team consisting of Devin Booker, Jaron Jackson Jr., Devin Vassell, Aaron Gordon, Patrick Williams, and Jose Alvarado. Um, it's interesting because they they like they have they have sort of like Devin Booker, Jaron Jackson, Devin Vassell. Those are those are I mean Devin Booker is not as young as those other two guys, but these are guys that um, still can potentially emerge as bigger uh, bigger pieces on this team. Um, Patrick Williams too. Uh, it's interesting that they made such a significant jump from from now to the future. Yeah, that's another team where I mean we we didn't really cover that much, but yeah. um but yeah, maybe maybe in 10 years down the road we'll be like, "Oh yeah, this Pacers team was pretty damn good." Well, yeah, exactly. In our make-believe world. But all right, Jet, I need to find out what happens with these top eight teams. I need okay, to. I think I think you'll you'll be pretty pretty happy with how this all turns out. So we got the number one seed Knicks versus the number eight seed Brooklyn Nets. Fuck Brooklyn. I have that's actually you know what I didn't even realize that's actually a pretty that is cool a, series yes. to start off the first round. That is a great um, series. But I think the Knicks proved to be the better team of the two New York teams. I think the Knicks. Um, honestly, I could see that game. I could see that series just going five games. I think the Knicks are on a different level there than the Brooklyn Nets. I, I will say this before we move on. Yes, it's a Knicks game. No, even if it's in Brooklyn, I am telling you that that's right true. now. It's five home games for the New York Knicks if that were to ever happen. Yeah, I, 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 I've never been up there for a game, but I am would not be surprised if if that would be the case. Um. Four seed Wizards, which you hate, versus the five seed <laughs> Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, I think this would be an extremely entertaining first round matchups. I think both of these teams, um, you know, it, one thing we really haven't talked about a lot, the Cavaliers being that they picked towards the bottom of the order. I mean, for me anyway, they assembled a pretty good team for where they were picking from. Very and true. I think they're able to keep that trend going. I think they're able to knock off the Wizards. I think the Wow. The drama between Kyrie and Joel Embiid um, starts to hit a hit a level where it just is not resolvable. And by the way, I should mention these these playoffs were determined by my feel. I didn't use any stats to, to determine any of this, so this is all feel for me. That's why I have the the Cleveland Cavaliers coming out of that matchup. Oh wow! Okay, wow! You're stepping into my realm now. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> I mean, if I if I just did it numerically, that's just boring. I wanted to make it a little bit exciting. So yeah, I maybe a little to... on court bickering on yeah, on exactly. the bench side and stuff <laughs> exactly. like that between Joel and Kyrie. <laughs> exactly. Uh, number three seed Charlotte Hornets going up against the number six seed Toronto Raptors. This is a very interesting one because you got the headliner here, Kevin Durant versus Jason Tatum, a guy that is looking to go where Kevin Durant is and a guy in Kevin Durant that is already at that point. Um, however, I don't see the upset happening in this one. I think oh. the Hornets overall have a little bit of a deeper team than the Toronto Raptors. Come on. And I'll, I'll give the Hornets the, the series in this one. Uh, uh, how many games do you think that the, this, this... no, I, I think, I think it would be a six game series. I, six I, think, game I series. think, I don't think it goes the distance. Um, just Kevin Durant can't warm up. And then it'll be 
Uh, two seed, Orlando Magic going up against the seven seed, Detroit Pistons. Nikola Jokic will try and rally his team uh, to try and pull off the upset against the two seed Magic. But I just don't think the Pistons will have enough to be able to um, come away with a win against a very high-powered, deep Orlando Magic team. I have the Magic winning this series in five games. Yeah, it, it, I like the Pistons a lot, but man, it would be a... Um... I think it would be a bloodbath if yeah. it were. There's too many younger guys and not uh, and with the Pistons and the Magic have a very established team. And I think, for obviously, I have the Magic as my number one seed. But yeah. I, I think it'd be quick. What would you say? Five games? You give five him a, games. Ah, uh, the gentleman's sweep. Okay. Because of Jokic, give him a game. Uh, give, give him a game, game where he absolutely goes off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Sure. Uh, <laughs> One seed, New York Knicks, going up against the five seed, Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, I think for the Cavs, where their run comes to an end, I think the Knicks will just be too much for them up and down there. Well, but we got to remember, like this is these are only six players. We, we, who else are these teams filling out their rosters with? I, I have to imagine there's some pretty complimentary, solid complimentary pieces there. Um, I'll give the Knicks the edge in this one. I think it goes six games. Ooh. A little scary right there, but nothing <laughs> to sweat about. Still, comf- still comfortable for the Knicks and Giannis. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I think this next series, the three seed Charlotte Hornets, the two seed Orlando Magic. I think this series goes seven games. I Ooh. think this is the most exciting series of this round. Um, I think with I think we see um, Cade Cunningham take a step forward in this series, and I think between the Magic and the Charlotte Hornets here. Uh, with with the Magic, still like LeBron's still playing, like even at his age, he's still able to play at a high level. And then compare that with John ja- ja Morant, who who in this scenario is, is on the court, not yeah. suspended or not missing any time. Uh, with that being said, I have the Magic winning this, yes. winning this series in seven games. We have the one seed New York Knicks, the two seed Orlando Magic, the two best teams in the Eastern Conference. Which let's be honest, this is not something that we would ever think of um, <laughs> think of hearing in an Eastern Conference Finals, but. This is where we ended up. Oh, man, this is fantastic. It's my one-two just switched for uh, between me and Jet. But I, I do think these are the best two teams, and that is great that the best two teams ended up uh, as the one-two in this playoffs. Because, I mean, again, Jet's doing all this by field now. He's throwing the numbers out. So yeah. it's great to see that. He's doing a little combination of both. So, Jet... Who do you feel is going to represent the Eastern Conference in the NBA Finals? Yeah, for me, it comes down to youth. And I think LeBron's going to have a hard time keeping up with Giannis and the rest of the youth on this team. Tyrese Maxey, like that duo, Giannis and Tyrese Maxey, I think is a scary duo. And I think the Magic are going to have a hard time defending that duo. So I'm going to say the New York Knicks. Take this series in six games. Six games? That's almost, oh my gosh. Easy peasy lemon squeezy, baby. I knew the New York Knicks would finally make it back to the NBA Finals in my lifetime. I gotta stop picking your teams in these scenarios. Dude, yeah. What are you doing here? I'm picking the Knicks. Let's go. All right. Yeah. The uh, I already know the next what if scenario of it's gonna be with the NFL and uh, the New York Giants are gonna be going to the promised land. No, it's gonna be a scenario where uh, Mercedes gets a different car <laughs> and they're able to uh, to rule Formula One again. Whoa, whoa! What about your boy Fernando? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I would say uh, when these you your your point about 
the young team, the younger team, and that LeBron and like Barnes and Lopez may have tr- their their old knees may have trouble keeping up with the youth. Yeah. So I do obviously I'm not going to complain about my New York Knicks going to the NBA Finals. I could see Josh Hart giving uh, John Morant some fits in in these playoffs. Oh, I feel that like that's is the type of thing. so true. Yeah. Oh yeah. Josh Hart would be a pass. Yeah, absolutely. It would be. Oh, what was his name? What was his name? Uh, on the LeBron was on the Cavs. It was that. Uh, oh my gosh! It was that white guy. Point. Delavadova. Yeah, Delavadova <laughs> was such a pass. True. That's true. That's what Josh Hart would be to yeah, John Moran. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. the Knicks are going all the way. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how far they can go, though. They still got a matchup against team. Not going to give it away, but um, I think it's a pretty entertaining. Oh, my gosh. Josh Hart, finals MVP, calling it. <laughs> well, guys, that was the Eastern Conference review of the what-if scenario and what-if the NBA had a league-wide redraft. Obviously, what if the Knicks were good, right? What if the Knicks were good is the new scenario that we're na- That's what we're naming it from here on out. But we hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Next week, Jet and I will be reviewing the Western Conference, and Jet will be finally telling us who's got, who would win the NBA Finals in this scenario. I'm very excited to find out. Hope it's my New York Knicks. Thank you guys so much for listening. Peace out.